Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. What's going on, DMV? How's everybody doing tonight? 106.7 The Fan is on your AM, FM dial. We are on the Odyssey app, and we are on the stream at thefandc.com. However you're tuned in tonight, we appreciate you hanging out with us for just a bit. I'm Danny Noakes. We got Kaylin in studio producing the show. We're with you until 10 o'clock tonight, ladies and gentlemen. Having fun, talking little NFL football. Surprisingly, haven't gotten to Super Bowl 57 at any point here today. I was on the air hosting overtime on Tuesday night and much of our or actually that was Monday night. Wow. The days are really flying by. But that show was obviously spent uh, talking about both the NFC AFC championship games and looking forward to the matchup between the Eagles and the Chiefs in Super Bowl 57. There will be plenty of that over the next week or so. But before we continue, I want to send big thank yous to both of our guests who joined us in that seven o'clock hour. Chris Russell, co-host of Russell and Medhurst over on our sister station, the Team 980, weekdays 9 to noon. With Chris, obviously, we talk commanders, offensive coordinator, interviewing of Anthony Lynn did Ron Rivera do today. So those were some topics that we discussed with Chris and then just got done talking to David Teal of the Richmond Times-Dispatch. He's a columnist there, Virginia Sports Hall of Famer, and David will be at the Tech UVA game on Saturday, number six UVA and Virginia Tech, an ACC hoops matchup that is incredibly important for the Hokies and UVA just looking to continue their season of dominance. If you want to go back and check out any of those conversations, great way to do that's the rewind feature. You can use that on the Odyssey app or on the stream at thefandc.com, and we'll have the podcast for you a little bit later on after the show. But I want to start off this hour by remembering the great Bobby Bethard, obviously passed away from Alzheimer's disease on Sunday at his home in Franklin, Tennessee. Very sad news to hear of that passing. And the reality is he was one of the architects of Washington's Super Bowl teams. He was named the GM of the Washington Redskins all the way back in 1978. And the Redskins would go on to play in three Super Bowls in his time with the team winning two of them and he ended up resigning prior to the 1989 season but he was not done yet and obviously 
We skipped over his tenure with the Dolphins. We'll revert back to that here in a moment because he did win two Super Bowls with the Dolphins as their director of player personnel before he came to Washington, D.C. So in total, he was a four-time Super Bowl champion. And after his time in D.C., he would go on to join the, at the time, San Diego Chargers in 1990. And then in just his third season, the Chargers not only won their first division title in more than a decade, they also appeared in their first Super Bowl back in 1994. So in total, Beathard's teams appeared in six Super Bowls, winning four of them. That's that's a pretty incredible uh, feat to accomplish. Winning one Super Bowl is obviously an incredible feat to accomplish, but I saw the happy birthday post that was from, I think... It was either from no, it was I was going to say it was from NFL Network. It was actually from the Pro Football Hall of Fame on Twitter. Uh, the Pro Football Hall of Fame wished Bobby Bethard a happy 86th birthday. His birthday was on January 24th, so he had just turned 86 uh, right before his passing a few days ago. And in the happy birthday post that they had for Bobby, they had a video and it was Joe Gibbs essentially talking about the role that Bobby Beathard played in their Super Bowl wins. The, uh, the, the final two of the three that they won. And, you know, he pointed out the numbers going to six Super Bowls, winning four of them, but just really talked about how his, his fingerprints were on all sorts of success throughout the national football league. It pretty much, every level it's i have some interesting feats of uh which he accomplished throughout his career and this one's pretty obvious right he was named one of the 90 greatest commanders of all time that's not a list of just players but front office people coaches right joe gibbs is obviously someone you would not be able to leave off that list he is in the ring of fame at fedex field he's also in the la chargers ring of fame obviously now having moved to los angeles since he took over the team when they were in san diego as the gm there but most importantly he was inducted into the pro football hall of fame in 2018 that is pretty cool to be a member of that vaunted class now a lot of folks like to point to his 1981 draft as his as his peace day resistance right 1981 draft this is how it went as Bobby Beathard, the GM of the Washington Redskins, helped put this together, all right? First round, 20th overall, he took Mark May. That's one of the hogs. Third round, pick 69 overall, he took Russ Grimm, future Hall of Famer, another one of the hogs. Not bad, right? Also in this same draft, let's fast forward to the fifth round, the 119th pick overall, Dexter Manley. And what's interesting about Dexter Manley is today is his birthday. So happy birthday to Dexter Manley, another Washington great. And of course, a part of this incredible 1981 draft that Bobby Beathard helped put together. Also drafted in 1981 for the Redskins, downtown Charlie Brown. He was the 201st selection. You had Daryl Grant, Phil Kessel, not that Phil Kessel. <laughs> the first thing I, I, I chuckled the first time I saw that listed because obviously the first Phil Kessel that I think of is the hockey player, guy that used to play for the Pittsburgh Penguins and, and was kind of a pain in the cap's butt for many years, but uh, the, a different Phil Kessel. And then 
in the 12th round. How about that? They used to go 12 rounds back in, in 1981. It's crazy. 314th overall pick, Clint Didier. Great tight end and played 105 games in his NFL career. That's pretty impressive right there to put together that many players that would go on to be such integral parts of Washington's Super Bowl teams. And how about this for the cherry on top? And when I say cherry on top, it's a cherry on top. They also signed Joe Jacoby as an undrafted free agent after that 1981 draft. I mean, so you can essentially pencil Joe Jacoby in as one of the members of this 1981 draft class for the Redskins. And it is just absolutely bonkers. How many great players for this franchise were, were a part of that draft. And, and just looking into some of the other players that Bobby Beathard drafted art monk, Charles Mann, Daryl green and Gary Clark. So let that just be one example of the type of executive that Bobby Beathard was and in his football acumen, right? Mentioned he had just turned 86 on January 24th, but what's interesting also is that his grandson, Bobo, Bobo Beathard, played at Battlefield High School, played football over there for Battlefield, and I I was aware of who Bobo was, didn't know him personally. He's actually the same age as myself, but I know because my senior football season was at Chantilly High School in the fall of 2010. In that year, we had a very good team. We went all the way to the Northern Region Championship game, and we ended up losing to a Lake Braddock team led by all sorts of Division I players. They actually pounded us pretty good that day, but we had a very good football team, a defensive-minded team, and what I remember about losing to Lake Braddock is Lake Braddock would go on to lose to Bobo Beathard and Battlefield, who ended up winning the state championship that season at the Division Six level. And Division Six in, in the state of Virginia is always an incredibly competitive division, as is Division Five, by the way. Stonebridge and Highland Springs compete in Division Five, and they're going back and forth between one another all the time. Two incredible programs led by two great coaches, Mickey Thompson, Lauren Johnson. Uh, but I digress. So I, I just I, I, that's one of the things that, that always came to mind when when I would think of, of Bobby Beathard because I, I knew who his grandson was. But uh, what, what's also interesting, too, here is just kind of some fun facts that I found about him from 2005 to 2009. We're back to talking about Bobby, by the way, five consecutive times. He was the first place finisher in the men's age 65 and over group at the World Body Surfing Championships held annually in Oceanside, California. The World Body Surfing Championships. That's a pretty obscure meet to be at, isn't it? <laughs> and, and out there in Oceanside, California, it's a beautiful area, obviously, but I thought that was interesting. Of course, he was at that point, you know, not going to do the, the quick math here because I got to get to a break here pretty soon. I, I can't count all the numbers up right now but uh he would have still been at a pretty advanced age when he was competing at that so that that's pretty that's that's pretty good right there right obviously 65 and over he also ran the 1984 new york city marathon that's certainly no miniature feat 26.2 miles is something that i can't fathom doing even right now and i'm in decent shape but no way I could I could do 26.2. That takes a lot of training to, to be able to, to have that sort of stamina. 
stamina rather and then the last thing he uh bobby bethard actually did play on the redskins practice squad in 1959 as well as the chargers practice squad in 1961 both of those teams he would go on to be a member of their front office and help them appear in super bowls so uh rest in peace bobby bethard obviously a tremendous nfl career a tremendous career here in washington dc he is obviously very loved around here and his contributions to the Washington franchise will certainly never be forgotten as he's been immortalized several different ways throughout the buildings that Washington goes to being FedEx field and, and obviously commanders park, I guess is, is what they're calling it now. Anyway, let's step aside. We'll take a quick break. We'll shift gears here. We'll stay talking some football and we'll return to the topic of the commander's rebrand. We took some calls around 630-645. We're going to return to that right now. 800-636-1067. What do you think of the commander's rebrand? Do you like the new name? Do you hate it? Has it grown on you? Has it gotten worse? The jerseys? Now you've seen a full season of them. You've seen the burgundy. You've seen the white. You've seen the black. What are your thoughts on all of it? Major Tutty, right? the, the mascot that was revealed toward the end of the season as well. There's certainly been a lot that's happened in the year since the rebrand was officially announced last year, February, 20, February 2nd, 2022. So 800 636 We'll talk some more commanders and the rebrand coming up next on 106.7 The Fan. Overtime on 106.7 The Fan. I'm Danny Noakes. Got Caitlin at studio producing this show. Got about an hour, 40 minutes to go in tonight's program. More football to get into. We'll do some basketball. We'll do some hockey. We have a capital segment planned as well. Each of our guests have come and gone already. Chris Russell at 7 and David Teal at 7.30. Rewind function. Great way to go back. Check out those conversations little commander's talk with Chris Russell, and then with David Teal, we talked some ACC hoops, a couple of big matchups in the ACC this weekend. I'm curious if anyone out there, too, is listening to our show and also watching the Pro Bowl Games Skills Showdown right now. I am not watching it. I wouldn't be able to stream anything in the room that I'm sitting in right now for fear that I may drown my own self out while I try to broadcast this show to you all right now. But I, I, I have wondered if this setup for the Pro Bowl is is the best way going forward. I think we could all agree that it was best to go ahead and get rid of the Pro Bowl game itself, the actual 11-on-11 version of the game. For those of you that may not know that that used to exist not so long ago, because it's hard to ask these guys in what's becoming an increasingly violent and, and physically demanding sport to suit up for a game that really doesn't matter, right? I mean, that's exactly what the Pro Bowl is. And it's not like the NBA or Major League Baseball or, or even in the National Hockey League where you can sort of coast through it and, you know, even if you're not playing defense like they don't in the NBA All-Star Game or, you know, the, the Major League Baseball All-Star Game is probably the best product of any of the all-star games that we've mentioned here, but the least amount of people probably care about baseball. Well, less people definitely care about hockey, but uh, I digress there. Pro Bowl, 
Not one of my favorite things to come around all season long, but I, I have to admit I, I would be kind of sad to see it go away entirely. So I guess this is the, the best way forward if, if there's not going to be a game. I have no idea what the skills showdown is or what entails being a part of the skills showdown or what sort of games that they're playing. I saw on Twitter Terry McLaurin was on the field catching something that wasn't a football. So um, not something that I will be watching once we get off the air here at, at 10 o'clock, but I, I'll probably check out the seven on seven on Sunday because there's not going to be any other football on Sunday. And most of the good basketball will have already happened on Saturday. So got that going for us as well. 800-636-1067 is the MGM National Harbor listener lines. We're taking your calls on the commander's rebrand. What do you think of it? What do you think of the name? Do you like it? Are you cool with commanders? Are you indifferent about it? Do you feel different than you did when they announced it uh, exactly a year ago, February 2nd, 2022? It's been exactly one year since the Washington football team became the Washington commanders. And we got the uniform reveal, everything that, that came along with it. I've given a lot of my thoughts already on how I feel about this Commander's rebrand, and, and I feel like most of you out there are more or less uh, along the same lines, right? In certain categories, you, you might have a stronger opinion one way than another, right? For me, the name isn't is really not the most important thing. You know, I Commanders is fine, whatever. I've heard worse names. I, you know, I gave a whole spiel on how dumb it is that we've named a couple of Major League Baseball teams after socks, but that's just me. I, the reason that we don't think that's weird is because they've been around for a hundred years, not because they're good nicknames. And most of the l- most valuable soccer teams playing overseas don't go by any sort of nickname. They don't even have nicknames. Some of them do, but even the ones that do have the nicknames, they, they tend to not use those nicknames as, as to how they're referenced. So it's just not something that was most important to me. The uniforms were always the most important to me because the uniforms are, are really what people identify you as, right? You know, you could... You could, I mean, you could be the Washington Tiddlywinks, and if you go out there and you've got some awesome uniforms, then it's it's at least going to take some of the sting out of that, right? Now, obviously, that's a very dramatic example I just gave, but I th- I always felt like Commanders was okay, whatever. You know, no one's going to, not everyone is going to be happy, no matter what you decide, right? The fact that you were changing the name of a franchise that's been in existence for uh, over, at that point when they changed the name, over 85 years, there was obviously going to be some pushback there. And and they knew that. They expected it. But the, the, I always said the uniforms bother me a lot more. What they should have done, and, and here's something that I've said before, but I didn't necessarily get to it in my initial opinions of this situation. They should have done what the Cleveland Guardians did. And you might ask yourself, well, what did the Cleveland Guardians do? I hate their name, too. Well, it's not about the name. They changed the name, and they only did that within a couple of months of the season ending, right? They announced that they were going to move away from the moniker of Indians, and all of a sudden, it comes out, oh, they're, they're going to go by the Guardians now, and everybody had fun for a couple of days. Oh, Guardians is a stupid nickname, and again... The nickname thing is just so bizarre to me because you have people, again, 
Their teams are named after socks, making fun of the Guardians bit. It's it's just ridiculous to me. But they didn't take two years. They didn't change the uniforms. Their uniforms almost look exactly the same. There's been a, a slight update to the wording, right? The the I guess the actual branding of you know what the the team's name looks like on a on a jersey but it actually still kind of looks like it has the sort of indians look to it and and guardians has nothing to do with anything native american they, they have a different logo obviously but they mainly just use the c which is their classic logo anyway right so what did they do right they barely 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 changed the uniforms they didn't take two years to do it and they just ripped the band-aid off they just did it and then it was done and I, I, I have to think that that is so much about why so many people were so frustrated, along with the fact that it was changing at all. But because it took two years and because the way that the commander's logo, the commander's logo looks almost exactly the same as the Washington football team logo. It is the same logo, as a matter of fact, just with an outline on it. Right. It's, it's quite literally exactly the same. So. To me, at that point, all you did was ruin the uniforms. And uh, uniform talk isn't really good for the radio, I know. But it, it just feels like it would have been such an easy win, a layup, for them to just slap the W on the side of the helmet, right? Or put the W on one side and the numbers on the other. But you didn't have to change the uniforms. That That's the worst thing that you could have done. And we had a couple of callers hit us up uh, towards the back half around 645, 650. And they basically, they th- their sentiments were similar. But they also added that, you know, the new owners can come in and change all of this. That's very true. And, and you know, whether or not the Snyder family sells the Washington Commanders is... Uh, a factor in a ton of different decisions, right? It, it, it's a factor in who the next offensive coordinator is going to be. It's going to be a factor in, in, you know, going forward into the NFL draft in April. And it, it's going to be a factor in wh- whether or not Ron Rivera sticks around for an extended period of time. It certainly doesn't feel like that sale is going to happen before the start of the new league year, which is fast approaching in the first couple of weeks of March. And at that point, you're going to see, you know, players that are unrestricted free agents officially become unrestricted free agents. And a lot of deals will have already been struck by that second week in March. And and it'll just be a rolling out of the announcements where some of these players will have gone like like a Jimmy Garoppolo. We saw. Kyle Shanahan, the head coach of the San Francisco 49ers today, addressed the media along with their GM, John Lynch. And he he was asked point blank, is there any scenario where you could see Jimmy G coming back to San Francisco? And he said, he just said, no, I don't see a scenario. <laughs> he was very forthcoming, very short, if I might add, about exactly that. Jimmy G is not coming back to San Francisco. So you, you'll see other guys, too at that point become unrestricted free agents now it's not the same as someone like carson wentz who's going to have to be released his contract uh will you know more or less be rid of of the washington commanders so uh you have that going on as well real quick before we go to a break 800-636-1067 mgm national harbor listener line Let's go to Matt, who is in Reston. Matt, thanks for calling. What's going on? Hey, man. Good to hear you. Um, yeah, good to hear you. It's, 
<laughs> Thanks. It's interesting how it wasn't just the uh, former Redskins, but it was also, it, it seemed like they took notes from when the bullets changed to the Wizards of how can we do this wrong mm. and, and did that. Uh, yeah. Abe Poland put out a poll. Here are names. There were dreadful ones in there. Uh, there were, I mean, at least we didn't end up with Sea Dogs, but right. <laughs> they ended up with Wizards. And at this point, it's people are like, okay, fine, whatever, Wizards. But you don't really get any sort of real passion behind the name Wizards. Yeah. Um, they're the basketball team, and I have friends who still have bullets gear and you know stuff of that nature. Mm-hmm. The Commanders, even going to the football team, it was sort of embarrassing uh, as a lifelong fan. Uh, I'm in my mid-40s. I uh, grew up a, a Skins fan. Yeah. It was sort of embarrassing to go to a football team because it was like, look, we can't wait to get away from not just the name but the history of the team. Yeah. And when they finally did come out with the Commanders, it was it was a wet fart of a name. And <laughs> I just, I at the time, it was funny because I, I was checking my Facebook history, and I said, that's it, I'm done. Like, And people were saying, uh, my friends were saying, is this, really the name is what did it for you? It's no, it's how they got to the name. It's right. everything that went into it. Right. It's the owner just deciding from a fan's point of view, I know what's best doesn't matter what anybody else is saying or doing. This is what I'm going to do. And the fans will uh, eventually get behind me because they have no other choice. Right. Uh, the, the mascot. I mean, <laughs> it, it, everything they do, you look at and go, how can you keep on losing so badly? Yeah. It, it's amazing. Yeah, it, it is, Matt. And, and thanks for the call, man. I, I share so many of the same sentiments with you. I, you know, the the mascot thing is, is so bizarre because I don't even think that they needed a mascot. I really don't understand what the point of that even was. Um, but they, they really have screwed up at pretty much every single turn that they can, right? I look at both of the Sean Taylor instances, right? both retiring his number and then this year putting in the quote-unquote installation. Like, why couldn't they just have made a statue? I I understand he only played four years, but what you did just looked like you half-assed it, you know, and and that's that's the reality of the situation. And, you know, for someone like Matt, who's, you know, a a little bit older than I am, but I've also been a a lifelong fan of the team, if, if you're out... And the commanders was the last straw. I get it, man. I I totally understand because what 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 it's been is a slow crawl, a, a slow torture over the last almost thirty years, right? Since since Dan bought the team, and it's 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 been the scandals. It's it's been the horrible free agent signings. It's been you know completely disregarding your coaching staff and and overreaching to go and take someone in the draft who you want. It's just been thing after thing after thing. So no, I I understand. It's definitely not just the name. It's it's everything that that happened there. And and when it comes to why they changed the football team, they were hemorrhaging sponsors. So um, I don't think it was about moving away from the tradition. They just they they didn't want to be under fire anymore because of of their name being what it was so i i the frustration is so deserved trust me i'm 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 right there with you i just i can't not root for them it's so deeply ingrained in my dna and i guess like chris russell was talking about in in our interview of uh, at the top of the seven o'clock hour 
I guess maybe I do have some thick skin because I have only known losing as someone that has both been a fan and, and now covers this team only have ever seen mediocrity and losing. So it's really exciting to think about what the opposite of that would be and what they were right in, in the early eighties, all the way into the early nineties. It was, sounds like it was a good 10 years. So maybe someday with a new owner, they'll get back to that point. But for now we'll step aside. We'll take a quick break and we'll come back with more next segment. We're talking a little caps for you, a little Washington capitals as they enter the all-star break. Stick around. You're listening to one Oh six, seven, the fan. Danny Noakes hanging out with you for overtime tonight on 106.7 The Fan. With you until 10. Been talking a lot of football today. Remembering Bobby Bethard looking at the Commander's rebrand. Now officially one year since we got the new name from the Washington football team to the Commanders. Been taking some of your calls on that. We can certainly do that for a little bit longer, but right now I want to switch things up and go over to the ice to talk some Washington Capitals hockey. The Caps have officially entered the All-Star break, and they did so with a 4-3 win on Monday night, an overtime victory in Columbus to send the Caps to the All-Star break. It was Trevor Van Riemsdyk getting on the board twice in that matchup. But the Caps did have a 3-1 to one lead in this game. So Columbus came storming back to tie the game at 3 before the Caps would have to go on to win it in overtime. So it's a little concerning that they surrendered another two-goal lead. I heard Grant and Danny talking about exactly this, the Caps going into the All-Star break and sort of how it's been a tale of very different months for this team. You had a very, very good month of December where the Caps were absolutely on fire, and that was before Backstrom and Wilson came back. January was definitely a dip, while what was part of October when they started the season and then November were not particularly effective months for the Caps as well. It is not going to get any easier as the Caps come out of the All-Star break, but I think it comes at a good time. The good news is going into the All-Star break, you get the win. It was Evgeny Kuznetsov. Kuzi scoring his seventh goal of the season in overtime to deliver the Caps a win. Charlie Lindgren in net for the Caps for that game, saved 31 of 34 shots, record up to 12-6-2 this season in relief of Darcy Kemper. 2.67 goals against per game average, and his save percentage is at .907. So that's all very, very solid for what the Capitals and what everyone would consider their backup goaltender. Now, Darcy Kemper leads the league in shutouts, right? He's had a pretty good season, but he's also kind of been up and down in some parts. And and I heard Matt Wyrick was on with Grant and Danny. That was where their conversation centered around the Capitals. Matt was with us on Monday night for our show on overtime. And he definitely noted that it has been a rough couple of games there for Kemper. I think throwing Lindgren in there to start for the game against Columbus was the right move. And I, I think both guys will be incredibly, incredibly important down the stretch as the Caps try to secure a playoff spot. But the All-Star break is this weekend, and 
the Caps have been banged up all season. I mean, they, they just went through a really tough stretch of games. Once they start playing again, though, they'll come back to more tough matchups, and I'll get to more on that in a moment. But Tom Wilson is back out again, right, with the lower body injury. Said to be day-to-day, suffered the injury in the loss to Colorado last week. But you've got other guys that have missed time throughout the year, too, such as TJ Oshie. Now, he has since returned a couple of times, and it seems like every time Oshie comes back to the lineup, he really just injects a ton of energy and effort into said lineups but it's definitely important that they have him out on the ice hopefully he can avoid any additional injuries now the all-star festivities this weekend we'll see Ovi and Sidney Crosby sharing the ice which when it's the pens versus the caps it's incredibly heated and a rivalry but at the all-star game it's all fun and games right and they've actually been paired together Ovi and Crosby for the breakaway challenge I had to do a little bit of research on exactly what the breakaway challenge is essentially I learned it's a trick shot competition for penalty shots right competitors are allowed to begin their buildup to the net in any part of the neutral zone and then they can use the area behind the net to beat the goalie on the penalty shot as well and then they get graded by judges on a scale of one to ten so i actually think i have watched a, a the trick shot competition the breakaway challenge if you will uh for an nhl all-star weekend now those two are going to be teammates on the Metro Division team as well. But I think the most, the, the thing that most Caps fans should look forward to is coming up on Saturday at 2 before the All-Star game. There is going to be an ESPN and Disney special presentation titled Greatness. And guess what? The E and the A are replaced by the actual letter eight. And guess who that, or number eight, not letter eight, number eight. And guess who that is to represent? Yep, one Alex Ovechkin. It's going to be an hour-long special presentation about Ovi, his career, and his pursuit of Wayne Gretzky's goal-scoring record. You'll be able to watch it on ABC. I'm sure it'll be available to stream afterward as well on ESPN+. And... We talked about it with Matt Weirich during our show for overtime on Monday night, but Wayne Gretzky popped into the Caps TV booth with Joe B in locker a few nights ago for the Caps game. They were playing the Maple Leafs, and you heard Gretzky really praise Alex Ovechkin, not only as a player, but also a person as and as an ambassador of the game. You know, he talked about how he's a great teammate, that, that certainly by all uh accounts of of his teammates uh he's a great dude off the ice as well and just a, a hard worker and to hear Gretzky talk about that because he's really only asked about it it seemed like before he joined Joe B and, and Locker which was a major surprise by the way he's only been asked about what he thinks of Ovechkin potentially breaking his record and the reality is as he as Wayne Gretzky talked about with with Joe B and Locker was that he thinks it's great for the game. You know, he thinks it'll grow the game. And I mean, it's certainly to the point where it seems like it's just a matter of when and not if, but we're a couple of seasons away from it happening if it is going to happen. So it's something to keep an eye on. But once the All-Star break is over, the Caps will be back in action on Saturday, February 11th. So Check out Greatness ESPN Disney special presentation on Alex Ovechkin on 2 o'clock on Saturday. 
a week, uh, a, a little over a week from that. February 11th, 3, uh, 3.30 on ABC. Big game up in Boston. The Bruins, the team with the best record in the NHL this season. Of course, the Capitals opened the 2022-2023 season at home inside Capital One Arena against that same Boston Bruins team, and they lost 5-2. to two. It was a game that saw David Pasternak score a goal and three assists. Patrice Bergeron also scored a goal. And the the crazy thing about it is uh, the Bruins were missing some of their their key players, uh, and and they still were able to handle the Capitals five to two in that matchup. So we'll see how the second one goes, but hopefully the Caps can get some improved play or continued improved play from Nicholas Backstrom as he has worked his way back from his hip issue. He seems to be acclimating himself ever so slowly to the lineup, but. It is a surely but slowly sort of thing. You know, I think the more he plays, the more effective he'll be. Just another instance of, of a guy needing to stay healthy. Darcy Kemper is another guy that they'll need to be on his good side as opposed to his bad side as, as they come down the back stretch of the season after the All-Star break. We've seen his peak. He's absolutely fantastic. Not just winning the Stanley Cup, but leading the league in shutouts this year. Darcy Kemper can play. It's just a matter of being consistent and ensuring that you, you don't have those those flood games where you're giving up, you know, five, six, seven goals. Some of those have happened for Kemper. And then another guy, too, that I think can step up is is Evgeny Kuznetsov. And, and Kuzi, big, ga- uh, big goal score to give the Caps the win over Columbus uh, earlier this week. But... Kuzi with only seven goals this season is someone that they're certainly going to rely on to be more of a factor there getting the puck in the net. Now, his assist numbers are very good, and that needs to continue. But I, I, let's see if, if Kuzi can sort of create some more openings and, and, and continue to set his teammates up for good opportunities to score and, and also find the back of the net himself. But... Uh, I would just, again, as I always do when, when we're talking about Alex Ovechkin, just tell you to enjoy it, man. Savor it. Generational players like that don't fall. They don't grow on trees, and they do not come around very often. So enjoy it. We'll step aside. We'll take a quick break. We'll come back, and we'll wrap up the 8 o'clock hour. We'll do a little basketball coming up next on 106.7 The Fan. Wrapping up the 8 o'clock hour tonight on Overtime, 106.7 The Fan. Danny Noakes with you for about another hour and change. Caitlin in studio producing the show. We got some more football to talk in the final hour of our program tonight. We close out the 8 o'clock hour, however, with a little NBA basketball. The Washington Wizards, who I spent a good portion of a segment on Monday crushing for their inability to draft players that consistently contribute to the franchise for north of five years and that haven't been a part of a major trade. There's not very many of them when you look at the Wizards. I mean, even the Commanders more frequently are able to hit on draft picks than the Wizards are. And one of the Wizards draft picks was recently traded away in Rui Hachimura. But, but... The Wizards are riding a six-game win streak into their matchup tomorrow night with the Portland Trailblazers, and it's the Wiz at home inside Capital One Arena where they are a markedly better basketball team 
Wiz 24 and 26 on the year. Portland 25 and 26. So it's a pretty good matchup for tomorrow night. Now, Wizards currently ninth in the East. That would see them be a part of the play-in scenario for the NBA playoffs. They're a game back of the Atlanta Hawks, who are about 26 and 26. Not about, they are 26 and 26. And Denny Avdia has had some really good games recently. He has definitely been finding ways to get himself open, knocking down shots, getting into the lane. And folks have been saying that Kristaps Porzingis has sort of tried to take him under his wing and help him along with his development. And they seem to be forming a pretty good one-two punch. So it's definitely encouraging. And one of the things that I mentioned, because when we talked about the Wizards on Monday, it was mostly a negative segment while they were actually winning a basketball game while we were talking about that and would go on to win that game and extend their winning streak to six games. But I questioned the decision to actually trade Rui Hachimura because you didn't really get any value back. You're talking about draft picks that are several years down the road and none of them are first round draft picks when Rui Hachimura was the ninth overall pick just a couple of years ago. And when you look at Rui's stats, he's not having his best season. I, I mean, from a points per game standpoint, he's he's actually started fewer games. And, and Rui isn't a guy that I think is most effective as a member of any starting five, whether it was the Wizards or, or now with the Los Angeles Lakers. But still, when you draft someone in the top 10, you expect them to be a part of your starting lineup. So it was basically them admitting that he wasn't worth the pick that they used him to take, but they still didn't get anything valuable back. So if there was value that some team saw in him, well, wouldn't you try to actually get some value back? And therein lies, I think, one of the issues with that franchise. But again, they're playing some winning basketball right now. They actually did have some travel issues. The Pistons flight out of Dallas and back to Michigan ensured that the Wizards game with the Pistons in Detroit was going to be postponed last night. They obviously did not play. I haven't heard anything about a makeup date, but it does say postponed. It doesn't say canceled. So I would assume that that'll be played at a date later on in the schedule. Now, Another important question to ask, as usual, are the Wizards going to be buyers or sellers at the trade deadline? They're always being talked about at the trade deadline, at least for the last, I don't know, five to seven years they have been, because everyone wants to know whether or not they're going to ever end up trading Bradley Beal. Now, they just gave him a just a massive, massive amount of money. I mean, that dude is so well paid. It's actually amazing. And and Beal has been playing better too as of late. But you have to wonder at this point, buyers or sellers, right? And and I think with the basketball that they're playing, winning basketball, they're probably going to end up being buyers. And that might not be the best decision for the future of the franchise. Chase Hughes was on with Grant and Danny right before we got on as well. And he thinks the Wizards will also be buyers at this point now that they've won a a few games. Three-point shooting and defense would be a couple of places where they could get better. Kendrick Nunn was involved in the Rui Hachimura trade. He could help in, in both of those categories, but probably not to a great degree. Uh, and and Chase Hughes also pointed out how much better the Wizards shoot the three at home versus on the road. And we just mentioned the Wizards are coming back home to play the Blazers tomorrow night. Their record at home this season, 12 and 10, while their record on the road is 12 and 16. And again, you could point 
to their ability to shoot three at home and that percentage that percentage compared to on the road is as one of those reasons right there but defense is also a, a big reason as to why the wizards lose games they're, they're often getting into these incredibly high scoring matchups where they just can't outscore the other team and and that's just not going to get you very far in the regular season or uh in the postseason but the wizards surprised us last year by getting Kristaps porzingis at the deadline not not every single move they make is 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 terrible because i think porzingis has actually been a um a good uh, addition to this squad and and now that he's mentoring denny avdia you you put kyle kuzma in there who probably is the best all-around player on that roster right now i'm including bradley beal you could have a debate about that but now that you've also got Beal playing well, well, okay, now now you might be talking about a team that could get into the playoffs, but they're still the the, the bottom half of what would be the play-in scenario in the NBA playoffs of the Eastern Conference, so we'll see what happens. The trade deadline is fast approaching, and the Wizards will probably be active to some degree. That's going to do it for the 8 o'clock hour. Into the 9 o'clock hour we go. We'll step aside. We'll take a quick break, and we will kick things off going back to a commander's topic and we'll talk about sam Howell. is he really going to be the starting quarterback for the commanders come september keep it locked you're listening to 106.7 the fan this episode is brought to you by progressive insurance whether you love true crime or comedy celebrity interviews or news you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue and guess what now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the name your price tool from progressive it works just the way it sounds you tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? You spend only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend, or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 